on this episode of College Dorm Sports. After taking a couple weeks off due to some uh, schooling and work situations, we're finally back. Uh, ready to talk some baseball for the first time on uh, CDS History. And I guess we can call this a breaking news segment uh, with Bryce Harper signing with the Phillies today with the uh, largest contract in professional baseball history with the Phillies. Mm. Didn't really want to say that. What a tragedy. <laughs> Big travesty. Uh, yeah, we're going to have that coming up. We're talking about Bryce Harper and uh, his future and the 13-year no-opt-out guaranteed money he's about to receive. We'll be all talking about that. We'll talk about the offseason a little bit, uh, Machado's deal, uh, some of the agent free agents that are still available um, and may, where maybe they might sign. And then also we'll talk a little bit of a preview for this season, see who our favorites are heading into the season as we're about a month away from the start of baseball. It's finally back, boys. It's finally back. Back in season, baby. Mm. It's about time, man. Seriously. It's been too long. After watching Acuna hit that grand slam about 20 million times during this offseason, I think I'm ready for a little Braves baseball to return. And all of baseball to be uh, non-fandish, I guess. Sorry, Suggs. Uh, (laughs) This podcast is presented to you by Umbrellas. You know when you're in the rain sometimes and it's really coming down and you get your hair wet and your clothes are getting all soaked? Well, there's a great remedy for that. It's called an umbrella. It's this magical item. looks like a stick, but you pop it open and it blossoms out, protects you all around. It's a great invention. Whoever created umbrellas, and I'll have to look it up later. Thank you so much. We appreciate all that you've done for the community. This podcast is also presented to you by water. Pretty sure I've done water before, but man, is it good. Keeps you hydrated, man. Keeps you hydrated. Hydrate or dihydrate. <laughs> Hydrate or dihydrate. I don't think I've ever heard that one. That's going to be... Uh, Definitely be a podcast regular now. Hydrate or dihydrate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll be right back. MLB baseball coming up. Uh, Sam Walters on for the first time ever, getting ready to talk some baseball. And of course, Jack Fletcher, roommate, as always. Podcast regular. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. A uh, couple of like, quick things before we get into this. Uh, I am getting music for the intro because I'm tired of just like starting the podcast like without anything. So uh, I am working on that. I'm kind of like looking into like some free music to do. I'm not going to do like anything I need to get trademarks for yet. Um, but we are working on that. Um, we also have a big episode coming up in about two or three weeks. Uh, Alex Merritt will be returning for his third podcast episode when we interview Monty Rice. That's right, Monty Rice, linebacker for the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, we'll be interviewing him, talking about uh, the disappointing SEC championship and what's to come this season. Um, Kirby Smart and just a bunch of stuff. I'm really excited for that episode. Uh, met Monty a couple weeks ago and he was uh, really willing to come on the podcast. So I do appreciate him uh, wanting to join the podcast and you know interview. It'd be it's gonna be an awesome one. So keep keep in tune for that one. Probably like mid May or uh, mid March, a little bit before G Day. So let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, like I said in the intro, Bryce Harper signs a 13-year, $330 million contract with the Philadelphia Phillies. Boys, what's your thoughts? Which would have been pain- more painful, him signing with the Phillies or him signing with the Dodgers? Like, as a Braves fan, like, I, I just, like, I hate them both. I hate Bryce Harper. I hate everything about this. Uh, I feel like with the Phillies not have being uh, competitive in the past, you know, five, six years... As le- at least as much as they were in the 2000s, winning that World Series in 2008, they you know 
going out and getting this deal was pretty unexpected. It was their guy they wanted since the beginning of the offseason. And when that Machado deal was made, man, I think uh, the Padres really picked up a gym. I think the Machado does have star potential uh, to hit in that 3-4 spot in the lineup and produce some really big games. And Harper definitely has that same potential being even younger. But uh, if the Dodgers had gotten Bryce Harper, then we would have seen him just as much as we see the Phillies lineup. The Dodgers is one of the teams that the Braves play the most. For some reason, we see them all the time. But then again, when he goes to the Phillies, the Phillies go and get their guy. They didn't have, you know, they wouldn't have had an outfielder to compete with the Braves for this whole season if they hadn't have got Harper. I mean, they had a, you know, a really inexperienced 181 hitter in left field that would have taken up that spot for the rest of the season. So seeing that come up is kind of, you know, it, it worries you, but it also lets you know that the NL East is really mining for, you know, success this year. They really want to compete with the AL East and get some of that competitiveness in all of their teams, except the, for the Marlins. I think the Phillies feared what the Braves were about to become. They saw this great year that we had last year and them kind of fall off the track a little bit near the end of the year and uh, realize, okay, we, uh, we're a little bit behind them and they haven't even spent a dime yet on anybody. So definitely they had a huge, uh, huge offseason picking up Three All-Stars from last year, um, a big one. I hate it more for the Phillies because it's in the Braves division. We got to go against them more times than anybody. Yeah, we play the Dodgers for some reason in the playoffs a lot. Um, But having them in that division and now having a uh, serious contender with the Phillies who are now 6-1 to favorites to win the entire NL, uh, yeah, I don't like that. I really don't like that. I mean, let's let's think about it this way though. Like they've been they've been favorites to or Bryce Harper. I'll just put it that way. Bryce Harper has been this like quote legend in the game these past few years. That everybody's always betting on him to win a championship, and, and then he like, hits two sixty one. And he hits two fifteen in the first two months of the season, and all of a sudden their team's out of the play. Like I don't even trust him. I don't trust him as a championship winning player. Like I'm not scared of him on the Phillies. I'm more scared of him on the Dodgers. To be honest, I'm glad that he didn't go there because I. I honestly think I hate the Dodgers more these days because like you said like the Phillies haven't been good in six years like I don't know I don't know I I, I mean don't get me wrong as as a Braves fan I don't like the Dodgers at all like watching them bounce the Braves in the playoffs last two years or last two times have been hard to watch like just yeah. seeing them going to LA, the Juan Uribe homer while Craig Kimball's watching will be one of those moments I'll always remember and be an infamous moment in my life. But, you know, again, it goes back to the point of we have to play them in the division. We got to play them more times than not. We got to face off with them. We have to keep continue fighting. If they do do well with this roster, you know, we're looking at a wild card this year and we're you know not being able to be at home as often as we would like to especially in a game five or game seven type setting are you most upset that he's in the division still because of like the chance that like everybody built him up going to the yankees or something like it like he was he's already been in our division for the last what eight years like however long it's been like eh, i guess it's less than that because strasburg came up before him yeah um I mean, is that is that why you're like most of? It's not like we haven't been playing against him in the same division. It's not like we haven't been able to win games against him. It's it's just I don't know. Well, I mean, in the time that Bryce Harper was on the come up, we were definitely on our decline. Um, so we were never really in a competitive race. And then this year was the first time that the Braves had really seen a competitive edge, uh, where we did win the division and we got to the playoffs with a a decent chance to go even further than the divisional round. Um, so. 
I, you know, I just, you know, you get lost in it because the Braves were in the bottom half while Harper was doing really well with the Nationals. Still in the bottom half, though? Not in the bottom half now, but then last year, you know, you expect the Nationals with their talent and their roster to be able to do something, and they didn't. Same with the year before, though. And we weren't in the division race the year before. Yeah, but I mean, it's it it's not even that we were in the division race or not. Like the Mets were in the division race at one point. Yeah. Like that, I feel like that's happened like twice in the last twenty years. But like when uh, shoot, what's his name, knuckleball pitcher, it won the Dickey. Right, Dickey. Like when he was like he won the division when Bryce Harper was here. It's not like it's not possible to win against him. I, I think mean, I think that his name brand means more than his playing ability. I definitely agree with that. I feel like the Phillies kind of had. You know, this moment where they were looking around at the free agent field and they said, man, if we really don't sign Harper, how are we going to expect to be competitive? And Harper was threatening to go, you know, to the Dodgers or the Giants, both teams that have enough cap space to be able to make that deal happen if he agrees to their terms. But, you know, the Phillies, I feel like the Phillies are the ones that are kind of scared in this division. When you go out and sign, you know, four or five big guys to fill starting spots in your lineup and your pitching depth, I mean, you got to expect some kind of, you know, just a mess to happen because the Yankees have done this. It's formulaic. You just go and you grab all of them, kind of like the Marlins in 2003. You go <laughs> grab all of these free agents and trade for all these players. You get yourself a championship one year. Next year, they're all gone. You, you could argue they've done that several times. They, they have brought in Hanley. Who was it? They brought in Hanley from uh, the Mets like five years ago. Yeah. And we saw how that turned out two years later. God. Yeah, going out for these big names. Jan Carlo. They traded Yelich. Like, didn't they? Didn't they have like that one year? The first year they were in Miami when they were like supposed to be like really good. They got all this like talent, and then they absolutely sucked. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. rebrand didn't do too much for them. No. It, it was kind of like the Eagles when they brought on everybody and called themselves like the dream team or whatever, and, and then they went, went like, like seven and nine or yeah. something like that. I don't know. Six and ten. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes a rebrand isn't exactly what you need. I feel like the Braves kind of did that well when they made their move to Cobb County this uh, the past three years. Cobb that, County Braves, baby. Cobb County Braves, baby. They could have rebranded. They could have gotten new uniforms. They could have you know rebranded themselves <laughs> like the Stripers did. The former Gwinnett Braves are now the Gwinnett Stripers. Oh, they geez. could have done this whole deal. But it, they kept it with the classic ideals. They kept the same, uh, almost the same coaching staff, only replacing uh, Snicker as the head coach after uh, Freddie Gonzalez left. And right, they, let's, let's, they took off from there with that minor league system that's really still going today. Yeah, well, I just I just have to say I think that Freddie Gonzalez might have been the worst manager in baseball history. Yes, the fact that he stuck with Dan Ugla for as long as he did just tells me everything I need to know. Like you don't even like you don't even need to have been around in that era of Braves baseball, but Dan Ugla was around. Almost as long as Freddie Gonzalez, and the f- both of them were horrible. The fake Dan Ugly account is still uh, active on Twitter. Yep, and that's oh, that's, that's awesome to me. <laughs> he uh, they they uh, no, the Braves had this big like tweet today for Peter Moylan's retirement, and uh, fake Dan Ugly account posted this picture of Peter Moylan in this dress, and it was it was just the best. It was the best part of my day so far. Um, the thirteen year no opt out thing. Would anybody else have given him that? Are the Phillies just that stupid? The Phillies are really counting on this guy to be, you know, more than what he was with the Nationals, and that's asking a lot. Yeah, because I mean, I agree with your point, yikes. Jack. Like he's he'll bat like two fifteen in the first two months of the season, and then you're screwed. And Philly fans are gonna let you know when you suck. Like they're absolutely gonna let you hear. They're it. Very unforgiving. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it. I just I don't I thought there'd be an opt out maybe like at the six year mark when he's thirty two, and you know if this doesn't go well I can say okay this this was a great 
trial. I'm glad you gave me all this money, but you know, I'm gonna part ways and go try and win a championship. You're gonna be 38 when you run out. So if you don't win a championship in these 13 years, you're screwed. You screwed yourself. It definitely shows the mindset of Harper right there because this is the the kind of guy that he thought that he was probably gonna be with the Nationals his whole career. He wasn't expecting to come into this offseason looking for a place to stay. He thought that he was going to be this franchise player that was going to sit out the rest of his career doing what he does in Washington, D.C. But here he goes. He goes to the Phillies, and they add him onto a roster that's probably going to have some playoff potential as long as these big names that they've gone and uh, gotten mostly from. Real Muto. Uh, yeah, Real Muto. You got Gene Segura. McCutcheon. You got Andrew McCutcheon. You got an extension for Aaron Nola, you know, a former yeah, you know, Cy Young up. almost. You think he's washed up at yeah, this point? I mean – Let's, I mean, if he's, the fourth, at, if he's the fourth best hitter on the team, that, that could be something. You know, he doesn't. They don't have to rely on him like Pittsburgh or San Francisco. Do. They All do right. kind of have to rely on him because they don't have as much depth as some of these teams in the NL East. I think that's another thing that they had to secure. <clears throat> Going back to uh, that left fielder that they would have had, Aaron Alter. I mean, if you don't, if you look past him for someone to come up, the Phillies are lacking in prospects. The Phillies have, you know, only two of the 100 top prospects in the MLB coming out of their pipeline. The Braves have at least seven. I mean, for, and you know, only one of them is an outfielder. Mm-hmm. So we really got to expect them to really be making the most of these these big deals they're cashing in on. You got to hope that they pay off. If you're the Phillies GM, you really got to hope that these deals are going to be what happens every single day because you know this depth chart right here. Every guy that's in the first spot for this lineup needs to be an everyday starter, producing the way that they have been for the past ten years. I feel like the Phillies GM, when he made this deal, you know when uh, you watch The Office? Of course. Okay, so when uh, the commercial episode, when they're making the commercial and Michael Scott's like, and that <laughs> is how Michael Scott wrote his fate. That's exactly <laughs> what I think about with the Phillies. Because like you said, if if this turns out well and they win two or three championships, that's great. I mean, he's, he's you know, the GM, you know, he's the king. You know, he'll be praised through Philadelphia and... Uh, they'll have those banners for them. But if they don't win any championships in these 13 years or even in the short amount of time these other guys are here. That's exactly what I expect, by the way. No championships. No championships. But that's... <laughs> it's I so just... inorganic. It doesn't feel like it's been a long time coming. They're just pulling in pieces. They're trying to make this whole movie set of you know big stars that are going to come through for them. And if it doesn't happen, you're stuck with you know $400 million almost that they use this offseason that's going to be sitting there... You know, Mallard. Yeah. This, this makes me think of, like, the Knicks when they bring on Carmelo Anthony. They're like, oh, my God, we finally got the star we needed. Then they get an aging Amari Stoudemire who's good for, like, six games, and then all of a sudden is, is out of the league, and you're still paying him. And then you're like, oh, well, maybe we can put the pieces around Carmelo Anthony. And then his brand is great. He's in a big city. And then all of a sudden, four years later, they don't have anything, and they trade their next franchise player yep. for – pennies on the dollar mm-hmm. for hope for the free agent. I, I just don't see it working. Until it's Por- not going to happen. Until Porzingis came along, I was ready to declare Jeremy Lin the best New York sports star or like Nick sports star in the in this decade. I do have to say. Because he had the best run of any Nick until Porzingis <laughs> got there. I do have to say, as uh, a native of Georgia, for some reason for the past 10 years, I have been a New York Knicks fan. Okay. Being a New York Knicks fan is almost like, you know, waiting for you know paint to dry it's just really just seeing all these things you really hope that something's going to come together maybe the g league is going to give us somebody good but you know you're not even coming out of this season with the expectation to get zion williamson 
No, you're, you're not, not even you're not gonna, there. You're not going to. You're, you're you're not embracing the tank. You're not embracing a winning season. You're not embracing these players that have really you know come here to try to make this franchise better. I know right, we're so, getting off the tangent on basketball, but you know coming back to it, the Phillies are just kind of like that. They're really just getting these pieces that might not even add up. Yeah. Yeah, that's just that's just my little hot take on that. You know, I'm <laughs> glad that y'all hopped on board on that because I thought it made sense. But I it definitely made I just, sense. I just don't like it. I, I I can't even stress that enough. How much I just hate Bryce Harper, and I don't think he's a winning player, and I just don't think that he'll be that successful. Like I said, it's his brand is is bigger than the, his playing ability. Like at least Clayton, Clayton Kershaw, like he's won like what five Cy Youngs now, four Cy Youngs now. Like when when you look at him and you look at his brand, he won three of, in four years. I know that much. But like when you look at his brand, you look at oh my god, this is one of the greatest pitchers in baseball history, and that guy's still twenty eight. You look at a guy like Bryce Harper, and you say, oh well, he's had flashes. He was the number one pick for a reason, but he hasn't led you anywhere near a championship. I don't know. There's two different types of players, and I think that I'd like I'd ra- I'd much rather have a Kershaw than a Harper. He's yeah. one that guy. sticks to the silence. So like he he doesn't do crazy things with his hair. He doesn't go out of his way to like make millions. He just does his thing in Los Angeles. Yeah, he's a guy that the Nationals really expected to get them through the playoffs for you know three four years straight. They end up losing in the division round every single time, and it's because people like him. The guys that they really banked on for those big moments didn't really come through against, you know, these big division rivals. So I think, you know, when it comes down to it, the Phillies are just kind of ready for a championship already. They're just, you know, kind of itching towards this. But the thing is, is that they're going up against a brave system that has, you know, so much uh, prospect inside the minor leagues, so much great stuff going on in the major leagues. And then you have to get past that to even thinking about going up for a World Series. Then you have to go against divisions like the Central and the West that are just building powerhouses that aren't even in the conversation right now. You said the Brewers are going to be very, very competitive this year, who are should be, in most people's opinions, one of the favorites to win the entire NL, maybe the World Series. Uh, you saw the Dodgers, who made it last year. I don't know how they're going to react to two straight World Series losses and the fashion that they lost them. Um, they, well, they ran into a buzzsaw this past year. They did, and they – I mean, they – Got so close in 2017 with the Astros, and you know we're one game away in Game Six, lost, and the Game Five was so close. That one was close, but I mean the Red Sox were going to win this one. We both knew it. I think a lot of people knew this was the Red Sox year to take it all. Um, yeah, you're I've right. Never the, said that before. The Red Sox. Yeah. I've never said that before about the Red Sox. Wow, they haven't won a bunch of championships in the past two decades. Man. <laughs> Welcome wonder, to Boston. wonder what it's like to be a Boston fan. They never win. Yeah. <laughs> Must suck. Um, yeah, there there's so many good teams in this NL now that I I agree with what you said a little bit earlier. The Phillies, I think, just got a little scared. They got scared that they had a lot of talented players on their roster, or at least in their major league roster. I agree with – I've looked at their minor league roster. It's nothing – you know, to be in awe about uh, when, especially when you compare it to a team like the Braves. Um, but they, uh, you know, they they got really scared and spent all the money they had. And if this works out, great. If it doesn't, then you know you're left with a bunch of Philly fans and a lot of Philadelphia fan supporters who are going to be very, very upset. And they will let you know that they are upset. Also, being a Steelers fan <laughs> and knowing the Pennsylvania crowd. They hate 
when big things that these teams have done have not gone their way. They, I mean, like the last I, couple of years with the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers have absolutely been, you know, one of the most controversial teams in, ever in the NFL. You know, just looking back in the past, you know, three years with Antonio and Roethlisberger. I love the Kardashians. I mean, I mean, it's <laughs> it's definitely a reality show. If you you know haven't gotten the chance, you should watch a uh, urinating tree on YouTube, a great channel that takes over some uh, some great points on uh, the Steelers. You guys, a little a little series called uh, Days of Our Steelers, keeping up with all the drama and the you know soap opera like events that go on every single day with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's so great. So great. I mean, probably not for any Steeler fans. That would uh, not be good for them. But it's so great to watch as Falcons fans that had nothing better to do this season. <laughs> that, that's tough. That's tough. Um, okay, so Phillies, real quick. I'm, I'm looking at their standings. Right? They they were they were expected to be number one two with the Nationals <clears throat> last year, right? They fade down the stretch. They ended on they ended the year two and eight, right? They finished <laughs> eighty and eighty two. Right, ten games back of the Braves. Now you bring in these like the, what? What? There's like six or seven new pieces that are going to be like three all stars. Three three all stars, sure. But you bring in all of these new pieces. What happens in the first two months if you don't click right and you start failing? What happens to the chemistry in that room? And how do you fix it? Even two or three years down the line, not not even to mention like presently, how do you fix that? Yeah, because they have nobody in their minor league system to help bail them out. They have no big star in that system that's going to like come up like Acuna did last year and take over the team and you know bring really rejuvenate it, bring that lineup, smooth the sails. There's nobody, so you're just going to have to figure it out. If you're if you're Philadelphia and things aren't going well two to three months in, and you get 15 games back of the Braves or whoever, then. <laughs> You just got to figure it out. That's at this point. You spent all this money on these players. You got to tell them to figure it out because there's nothing that's going to bail you out. Oh, my God. They were horrible on the road. So the Philadelphia last year, they went 49-32 and 32 at home, right? That was the third best home record in the NL. But they went 31-50 and 50 on the road. <laughs> kind of the opposite of the Braves. The Braves really, really did their best the work on the road. Yeah, well, they did. They they had a better road record than home. Like we went forty three and thirty eight at home and forty seven and thirty four on the road. So we we did a little bit better on the road, but that's a fantastic road record. That was the best one in the in the NL, um, which it's saying something because we had a lot of young guys that that did that. You know, we had Swanson who's in his third year. He's under twenty five. Uh, Albies is twenty. Uh, Acuna's twenty one or twenty. I think he's twenty now. He was nineteen last year. Um, so he's yeah he's twenty now, and then you mix that with like veteran guys like Friedman, you uh, now yeah Marquez now Donaldson's in the mix. Camargo is a guy that kind of came out of nowhere, you know. Culberson had like three walk offs in two weeks. It yeah. was insane. Um, I don't know. I like the Braves. I think we're gonna win the World Series next year. Are the Braves the most underrated team in the NL? That after had, like, last a year, chance? after last year, I don't think so. Last year. They were definitely the most unexpected playoff team, you know, in the For last sure. in the last decade. No one expected the Braves to be anything more than, you know, the fourth spot last year in the NL East. I don't necessarily if I would go the last decade because you know not this past year, but the last time the Red Sox won, they went from worst to first, and then they won the World Series. I think that's probably the most. Imp- I think we're up there. I think we're in the probably also the top leaving five. out the Oakland Athletics. 
2012. Yeah, we're not even... Dude, Oakland, you could say that about every single playoff appearance by Oakland yeah. in the past four Moneyball works. Moneyball works. Billy Bean, he's still doing his thing. He's not GM anymore, but he's like an executive or something now for him. It's, I, I like what they got going on out there. They so, need a new stadium, though. Yeah. <laughs> so as much as I'd love to just talk about Bryce Harper, because you know how much I love Bryce Harper. Let's talk about Manny Machado. Signs a Ugh. pretty big deal with the Padres. That kind of came out of nowhere, San Diego. I mean, I know you've been talking to him, but I just didn't expect San Diego to be in that big of a mix. All for right, him. hold on, hold on, hold on. So you you step off the plane in San Diego, right? And it's seventy five and sunny every single day of the year, and all of a sudden someone walks up to you and says, "Hey, you want to live here for ten years while we pay you three hundred million dollars?" What what do you how do you say no to that? It's hard. Well, he played in Baltimore. Baltimore's disgusting. Then he gets traded to L.A., and they don't want to pay him that money. So he goes 45 minutes south, and they're like, hey, we'll pay you $300 million to play. I don't think I don't see why it's that surprising. He must have liked it in California, and they gave him boatloads of money. I don't, I don't know. I just figured I he wanted to go to a winning team. He had been in such a bad situation in Baltimore. Uh, I mean, I understand the location stuff, like being in a warmer spot besides Baltimore of all places. It's great for him, and he got to experience that with being with L.A., uh, but I thought he just wanted to be a part of a winning culture, and San Diego just doesn't have that right now. Sure, they have guys on the come up, and I'm sure in a couple of years he may be the leading piece of you know, an NL winning team, but I just didn't see I, it right away. I, I would disagree with you on that whole winning thing. This is a guy that walked up the baseline in the playoffs. This guy doesn't care about winning. This guy's all about himself and making money. They probably offered him the most amount of money, and I don't think he was going to turn that down. He wanted to wait until Bryce Harper made a deal. That's why he waited as long as he did, because he wanted to see what his market value was. That's why Bryce Harper got $330 million over 13 years instead of a 10-year deal like Giancarlo or Machado. I don't think Machado has ever been a winner. I don't think that he ever will be a winner, and I think he's a very selfish player. That's That's respectable. Coming from a team like... The Orioles that are so on and off, going from the worst record to one of the best records. Uh, and then back to one of the worst and records. And then back to one of the worst records. It's just a team that you can't really expect consistency out of. And I think that he's looking for maybe a consistent environment. Maybe he's looking for either a team that's going to lose every single year and not be a playoff contender where he can be a star. Or maybe he's going to be a set piece in something like the pipeline that the Padres have now. I mean, the Padres definitely have one of the best farm systems in the MLB. They have the second best prospect in the minor leagues and uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. So I think that he's looking – I mean, that's, a, that's another infielder add to that depth, which they really need right now, looking at the Padres' depth chart. I mean, Kinsler, Hosmer, Machado is strong. But Urias at shortstop is kind of scary for a guy that needs to produce either out of the top or the bottom of the lineup. And then just going on, you know – Will Myers in left field, that's another guy that's a utility player, you know, one of the best rookie of the years to come out in the past, you know, the past five years. But you gotta look at the rotation, you gotta look at the bullpen and say, is it really gonna be a winning culture if your offense maybe can produce, but you have, you know, no ERA, no wins to back it up. I know Jack's not the biggest Manny Machado supporter because he didn't want him even the Braves not even touching him. No, I didn't want I didn't want the Braves touching him or Harper. I really didn't. Now I've heard I heard a few arguments from a couple of Braves fans, friends of mine that were like, "Oh my God, but he would be so good if he stepped in next to Swanson." And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. You look at the chemistry that we have. Like Albie's and Acuna are like super close. Swanson 
it loves being that third wheel, like just there, you know. Like yeah. he, like I remember, he he just had so much fun doing the social media stuff with us. Like it seems like we have such a close knit group, and we have Freddie Freeman as the leader. And I'm super afraid that Machado coming in, walking up the baseline, and half of the games he plays in, and just like kind of standing at third base, looking like he doesn't give a crap. I think that that would really mess up a lot of the chemistry that these young guys are coming up with because these young guys that the Braves have hustle. They come out and they play hard every single day because it means something to them. I don't think it means anything to, to Machado. I think we'd be throwing away more money than we did on the stadium on Machado, and that's not even that's just not worth it. I just I don't see wh- where the gain is for the Braves outside of getting a player that might help you but might might wreck your entire franchise. So with that being said, is there any other team in baseball that would have paid Machado that money? With that being said, you know the walking down the baseline and you know not wanting to give a crap about anything. I think that's why he signed with the team that had 66 wins last year. I think that's why the Yankees stayed away from him. Because the Yankees were the team that, that was, you know, like, oh my God, Machado's going to sign. I think he killed his value in September and October. Like, he didn't do anything for... Didn't What was his stat line in the in the playoffs? It was horrible, wasn't it? Was it? Not good. Didn't we talk about this as, like, a major... T- uh, as, like, he just killed all of his value? Like, um, I, I just think that... It didn't help it. I know that for sure. Yeah, it definitely didn't help it. Um... Uh, but, I mean, like you said, he's going to the Padres, and, you know, they've got Will Myers, too. Um, I don't think we talked about him, but, you know, he came out as a rookie for the for the Rays a couple years back, and he had a great a, a great year. He's been up yeah. and down since then. I think he had an injury or something that, like, I don't know. I, they might be good, but I just... I, I don't think I they're, like, I, the I don't see them as contenders. Like, there's just so many good teams in the NL and in the NL West that I just don't see them being up there with the Dodgers. They may be a, like a nice little like wild card team, like maybe just on the cusp of it, but uh, I I just don't see him this year as being as competitive as you know people who don't watch baseball would think, especially yeah. signing a guy like Machado. Machado is probably going to come into this uh, into this Padres team and feel a little bit more secure than he has in the past you know seven eight years of his 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 career because he was mishandled by the GM and by the whole staff in Baltimore for. Years and years, you know, just one of the most underpaid players then, honestly. Yeah. I mean, one of the most underrated, one of the most underpaid. And then he comes into the Dodgers thinking, you know, I'm about to be this big star. He wants money. He wants time. And, he, you know, he wants a culture that's going to make him run up the base path. And so now coming into the NL West, we talk about the Dodgers a lot, but there's some great, there's some great depth charts that are getting overlooked in that NL West. You got the Rockies, just got Bud Black for another three years managing that team, former NL manager of the year. Arnado. I mean, still. still Arnado just signed. Absolutely. Arnado coming back for another, you know, eight years. Is that is that right? Eight years? He got a yeah. monster. It was pretty close to the one that Machado got. It's like eight. More. I think eight, it was 290 million, right? Was it 290? Yeah. I thought it was more like 250, 260. I think it was 280. Yeah, either way, Ar- Arnado is going to be there for the next, you know, load of years. You got Trevor Story, one of the great storylines from his rookie year. You know, you got Daniel Murphy coming in as a great utility player at first base. And then, you know, Charlie Blackman, a guy that's been consistently up there for the batting title, you know, consistently 300 hitter every year. Ian Desmond filling in at center field. I mean, it's it's a roster that you can look at and be respected. I mean, they were in first place for a while last year. They were running with the NLS until they, they kind of faltered near the end and the Dodgers picked it up. Uh, they, but they, they were definitely a little run, too. They finished the year 8-2. and two. 
won a game. Yeah, did, weren't the, they like one of the teams that were super close to making the playoffs and just barely missed it? The Rockies? Mm-hmm. No, they made it as a wild card. Did they make it as a wild card? They made it. And did then, they, who did they play in the wild card? Cubs. Because the Cubs had, oh, they had that today. great yeah. game. That's right. Yeah, it was it was Brewers versus Cubs for the division. The Brewers won that because, you know, why not? Um, yeah. And then uh, I can't remember what happened in the wild card game. I think the Cubs won. It was like the Rockies scored in the first inning. It went like one nothing for most of the game. And then the Cubs tied it. It went to extras. And then the Rockies, the Rockies ended up winning won. in like the 13th. Yeah, the Rockies won and then got destroyed by the Brewers. So. Yeah. Yo, the Cubs are such a weird team going into this year. They are. Okay, just think, so, like two two years ago, we we're talking about them being like the next dynasty and like winning titles, cons- you know, consecutively. And now we're and then they go and spend a bunch of money on you, Darvish, <laughs> who hadn't been good since his second year in the league. Jeez, coming off of Tommy John surgery, that's that's an ultimate reason to pay someone. And now, we're talking about them as a team that's probably going to miss the playoffs in a very tough di- division that includes the Brewers. The Cardinals, the Pirates, and I guess we can count the Reds as a team. Mm. Um, but you look at it, and then you go, okay, at the end of the season, what do you do? This is like this is like the Braves at the end of their Jason Hayward, Freddie Freeman, Chris, uh, Craig Kimbrell, Brandon Beachy type time. And the... In the sense that oh, if they don't the, do well this year, do they just sell everybody and try to rebuild? Because I feel like everybody's just quick to pull that trigger these days. And maybe the attitude's wrong in the locker room if they don't make the playoffs. I don't know. It's weird. Jason Hayward keeps getting stuck in these situations, and I hate it for him. <laughs> he just needs better. He just... Oh, he deserves so much better. So does Marcelo Zuna. Yeah. Marcelo Zuna should not have gone to the Cardinals. I'm just going to say it flat out because I really wanted him in uh, Atlanta. I, I followed the Marlins a lot for about three, four years there. When they weren't doing too well, and then right before that, uh, that off season when they just kind of dealed everybody away, I was like, man, he would if Acuna isn't what we, you know, thought he was going to be coming to the major leagues. That's a solid left fielder to put in there. Yeah. But luckily Acuna came and saved the day, and then Asuna kind of went to, you know, the Cardinals and had a decent year. Yeah, decent enough. But I think he's still one of the better outfielders. Is still kind of getting overlooked. Great power, great range. Okay, so that, I mean, we'll, I guess we can talk about free agents. The remaining free agents, there's not many of them. I guess Dallas Kuchel and Craig Kimbrough are the biggest ones still on the board. You've got, like, an Evan Gaddis who would be a nice, like, piece to add. Uh, any ideas where you think those two guys will end up? I, I feel like Craig Kimbrough is just going to end up back with the Red Sox. I feel like, I, I don't know why I feel that way. I just feel like, well, I guess I could, I, I could make a stab at it. I think that they're one of the few teams that would be willing to pay for him. Um, I feel like he's asking for, isn't he asking for like the world's largest reliever contract in the history of baseball or something like that? And I feel like there's not too many teams that are going to be willing to pay that for a reliever, especially one that struggled in the end of the year. And every time he yeah. came into he came into the playoffs, and every single time he pitched, and I watched him pitch, it seemed like he was going to blow the game, which was not a good sign going into free agency. And I think that's what's been scaring teams off because he's. If if you're gonna do that on the world's biggest stage once, why aren't you gonna do that? Why why are you gonna do something different the next time? It was like Machado. He didn't like kill his value completely, but he definitely didn't know favors to it. Yeah, I mean, I I think that Craig Kimbrell is still a better. I would rather have Craig Kimbrell than Machado any day of the week. Mm-hmm. But I just you know that's a little sketchy going into the the largest reliever contract in history. 
Um, I don't think that there's going to be any team that's willing to pay that outside of Boston. I think he'll probably end up signing like a one-year deal with Boston and then try again next year. It's a weird time for baseball free agents, though. It is. Like, it this, is. Is like, this is like the second or third year in a row that all these guys are, are still unsigned going into March. Yeah, Moustakis had the weird offseason last year when he should have been getting paid. So did J.D. Martinez. Yeah. And we know what he turned into. But. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that Kimbrell is a piece that could be added to a lot of teams. And he would be, you know, a great wins above replacement kind of player. But uh, if there's one team that I'm looking at that really needs him, it honestly might be the Padres again. The Padres lost him, and he went to the Red Sox, and the Padres suffered. Their bullpen was absolute trash. I mean, they really had no uh, – I mean, other than, you know, just some little pieces here and there, they really had no pitching staff that was going to make them competitive. And looking at them, there's a few NL West teams that could – uh, they could really use his his name in their in their uh, in their bullpen. I mean, the the Giants for one. You know, looking at their depth chart, I don't recognize a single name outside of Mark Melanchon in that uh, in that bullpen. The Rockies could definitely use him. I mean, it's just it, it's a it's a division that's trying to compete with such an all star lineup at the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers obviously have their their whole team set right now. They don't need anything else. Will they get anything else? Possibly. Because I can. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And, then, you know, the Braves as well, when he, when Kimbrell left, I mean, I know we were going through the rebuild at that point, but, I mean, when he left, our bullpen went completely down, like to one of the worst in baseball. And it's still, it's still recovering to this day. Yeah. Last year was a big issue where we couldn't close games and the year before and then the year before that. So it's been an issue for a while. I think it's definitely picking up. Uh, especially near the end of the season, it looked a lot cleaner and a lot uh, more reliable, but definitely something that the Braves have had a hard time recovering from ever since he left. Well, I, I'm going to say this from a non-biased standpoint, or as non-biased as I can. I think that in terms of what team Craig Kimbrell would make the biggest impact on, I think that would be the Braves. Because I think that like in, in terms of as a fringe playoff team last year, I mean, maybe not even fringe. We won the division, and we won it pretty clearly. But... Once we got there, I think that in terms of being able to close those games, being able to have a little bit better relievers in the in the six, seven, eight inning range, because our starters they did a very consistent job of getting six innings done almost every game. We had one of the best starting rotations in the league last year, and if you put a guy like Kimbrel in as our closer, I think that I, I think that out of all the teams that could have had him, I think he would have been probably an eight win difference. I think we blew that many games last year. And you could year. still have a Velasquez that could come in in the eighth inning. Like, remember the three-headed monster that oh, yeah, the Braves mean, had for forever with uh, Venner's, uh, oh, Venner's O'Flaherty, O'Flaherty and Kimbrell. That was a three-headed monster. So when you got if you got a pitcher that could go seven innings, you're good. You you can stop him in the seventh, rest him, and then have O'Flaherty, Venner's, and Kimbrell however which way you want it. Yeah, I think they're definitely banking on these, these young pitchers to come up and make a difference. They waited for... You know, they waited for Luis Gahar to come up and make a difference last year. He couldn't do it. They waited for uh, Soroka to come up and make a difference in the starting rotation. And they tried him in the relief spot. It kind of worked. They waited for Chatsaboka to make a difference. He got injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they waited for Vizcaino to really show out. He got injured. Mentor came in, couldn't really step into that closer role as well as he was in the relief pitching role, setting up for the 7th and the 8th. So I think that a, a, a Kimbrell-type player could definitely do a lot for a team like the Braves. But when you have 
you know, such great pitching prospects. Kyle Wright coming out of um, out of the minors. It's it's something that you can wait a little bit on. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Kuchel? Kuchel is a guy that I really expected coming into this offseason to go to the Braves, actually. And I thought that he's the type of pitcher that might fit better in an environment like the National League. I mean, looking around, there's a lot of teams that could really benefit from an ace. Um, you know, looking around, going back to the uh, the NL West, I think that the Rockies could really benefit from a great starter. Um, other than that, there's, there's a lot of teams that could really benefit from an ace like that. Not a lot of teams have uh, – really want to agree to a deal like that because I assume that he's probably a guy that's going to want four or five, six years oh, somewhere sure. in there, at least in the $100 million range yeah. uh, coming off of a great career with the Astros. So um, the, he, he's the kind of guy, he's he's very hardworking from what I've seen. There's been a lot of stories about him being in the off season, still training as much as he does in the on season, just going through, uh, just kind of going through the motions. He's been a little bit disappointed. He, you know, in January, there are a lot of stories about him, you know, what, knowing what it takes to get signed. What, what do I have to do? Do I have to wave my hands a certain way? Do I have to really show y'all that I, you know, deserve money and deserve a long contract? But he's a guy that really would fit in most places. Yeah. And he stabs at that, Jack. Oh, I got distracted. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. He's he's checking some, some I got, stuff. I got That's a cool. message I had, to, I had to reply to. We were I talking apologize. about sp- uh, landing spots for Dallas. Kuchel. Have we talked about the Yankees for him? We have not. We have not mentioned them. Why not? I mean, it would fit. No, it I mean, would like, fit not, like not the persona of the Yankees like, to go like pay for anybody. So, so I, I wouldn't be shocked. The Yankees see this whole move for JD Martinez worked for last year. Maybe they look at this and they're like, okay, so we don't need a we don't need a splashy bat like that. We've already got Young Carlos Stanton. We've already got Aaron Judge. We've got all these young guys that can hit. 25 homers a season. We've got CC. Yeah, we've got CC Sabathia going to do his last year. Why not make a stab at this guy and see if we can get him for a relatively market value deal? Uh, maybe because they got James Paxton and they got JA Happ for yeah, another throw year him, or two. Throw him too. But they have one and of then, the best and, rotations either way. Severino Paxton Tanaka is one of the best top three starters in baseball. They yeah, don't need a, a they don't need a sixth guy that's going to ask for eighty million dollars at least. But it would fit the Yankees like persona of like do anything for it. Like they can they can just ship one of those guys down to the bullpen and you know, bring in a guy like Dallas Kuchel is gonna bring you even a bigger, you know, rep in the uh in the starting five. And that hurts even more because their relief pitching is just as good. I mean Chapman, Batances, Adovino, Britain. That's 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 scary, man. That's some scary stuff to go up against. Britain scares he, me though. Even yeah, he's he, very inconsistent. He, he he was very inconsistent, especially with the Orioles, I mean. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with those guys? It's kind of like getting O'Day and Gossman. Right. I do agree. Like, the Yankees' rotation in their bullpen is really good. Like, they were very good last year. Um, definitely one of the more scary ones and more underachieving than anything, I think is a better word for it. Uh, but, again, wouldn't it be a shocking thing if they were to spend even more money than they have this offseason, which is at, like, $140 million. They would definitely go out and pay for a guy like Kuchel, add him to the starting five, and – just give two middle fingers to Houston. It's exactly what they do. They do it all the time. They've done it for years since I've since I followed sports. So it wouldn't be anything of the, out of the ordinary. Yeah, a lot of people hate on the Yankees for being very willing to to spend all that money they have at their disposal. I can respect some of the moves that they've made uh, in the past, you know, the past five years because 
Um, when you look at them, you look and say, oh, man, they went and got that guy for so much money. Oh, they went and did it again. It's kind of like looking at the Dodgers. But both of those teams have really raised prospects that have gone and done great things. I mean, they had, you know, the uh, the AL Rookie of the Year. They had uh, Aaron Judge last year. Even though coming off of that injury, he wasn't as productive as he was his rookie year, mm-hmm. obviously. But still, some great caliber players. Brett Gardner coming into, you know, more than 10 seasons, still producing uh, as one of those speedy players for them. Aaron Hicks. I mean, looking around, you got Luke Voigt, a guy that came out of the minors last year and really kind of shook up that lineup. Hitting in the third and fourth spot. Yeah. I mean, picking up, you know, picking up Tulo to add to, you know, Gleyber Torres and Andujar and Gary Sanchez, all three are guys that they raised out of their farm system. So you can't hate on it too much when they really do kind of piece these things together in a way that might cost a lot of money, but it ends up being for their own benefit. Yeah, it'd be it'd be disappointing if they can't win a division with this kind of roster. Their their roster's loaded and you know, they had a couple of years where they weren't there. Uh, didn't have the right pieces and the talent, but now it's there. And I think if they don't win a division with this kind of talent, it's uh, it's gonna be really disappointing. And of course, the Yankees have this winning culture, so they are expected to contend. So, so what what did we expect out of the Red Sox this year? That's a great a great segue for that, Jack, because we are gonna do previews and we can start with the AL East and kind of talk about that. I, I think the Red Sox are in for another good year. Um, are we talking 108 win year? Oh, they're not in for another 108 season. That's a lot to ask. If they, if they do, it'll be... For a repeat by the Red Sox? We in for like a major collapse of some sort? Like What's going on here? I expect them to win 95 and be... I think the Yankees have the best chance of winning the Ailes this year. Oh, yeah, I, mean, the, the, I think they're a wild card team. I think they'll be the away team in the wild card. Um, it's just hard to repeat a hundred eight win season like that. They had they put so much into that season, yeah. and they were rewarded with the ultimate prize of a championship. Uh, it's just hard to do that, especially in baseball when you're playing one hundred sixty two games. And then add, you know, a lot more to that with the playoffs. I think it's very challenging to be able to do that, especially in a AL that's very top heavy. That's going to have a good Astros team back again. I think the Yankees are going to be very good this year. Um, they're it's going to be tough. It'll be tough for them to do this again. Yeah, they definitely do have a similar roster to last year. I mean, still keeping those pieces, the reigning MVP bets. I mean, that's that's a guy you build a team around, and he's, you know, surrounded by guys like J.D. Martinez, guys like, you know, Bogarts, putting up great numbers. He was, surrounded by guy, he was surrounded by guys that he could have a bad postseason, which he did a lot of the time this past postseason, and still they come out victorious. He had yeah. a terrible World Series. Like, one of the worst World Series from an MVP ever. And he's, they still win it because the team around him is so good, and they pick him back up. And it all stems back to that starting rotation, man. Yeah. That starting rotation, just Chris Sale. I was talking about the Yankees' top Sale three. Sale had a great when year. When you talk about Chris Sale, David Price, Rick Porcello, and Ivaldi, the way that Ivaldi stepped up last year as an aging, you know, an aging guy they picked up just for a piece to put at the fourth five spot, he's, he's really productive. Chris Sale had a great year after a couple mm-hmm. years of just, like, getting scrutinized with the White Sox and – Finally had a great year. Good to see for him. Jack, it looked like you were about to say something about the Red Sox. No, I wasn't about to say something about the Red Sox. I pulled up Vegas odds for um, for division winners and uh, pennant odds, and I just I was really upset to see that the Mets have a higher chance to win the National League than the Braves do. I, guess, I just yeah. think that's really one dumb. of the more underrated. I think we're still underrated. 
And um, it's good that the Phillies, you know, when I was reading the stuff about Bryce Harper today, it made it reminded me of how good the Braves are when they're, you know, when no one believes in them. Like last year, they were really good. But when everyone kind of expects them to do something great, the year that we got um, the uh, I don't even remember their last names now, but the the brothers, the Upton, Upton, thank you, Upton brothers. I wanted to do like a, job, a Kenya mix of something. The Upton brothers, and you know, were talked about as being the, one of the best outfields. We Still made the playoffs, but underperformed very heavily. Um, I just think we're a better team when we're under the radar. Like, 91, worst to first, go to the World Series and get so close to winning a title. Sounds like, sounds like Atlanta. Atlanta in a nutshell. Should we make some predictions for the NL East? Sure. All right, uh, NL East predictions. Uh, you guys give me number predictions, I'll give you odds. I mean, for me, it's the Braves. The Braves are the top team in this division. Again, on my point of being under, you know, now underrated, they have the third best odds in the NL East, which is shocking. Who, the Braves? Yeah. Uh uh-uh, uh, we're fourth. The National. Who has a better one than us? The Nationals. The Mets. That's why I'm upset. Okay, so it's so it's it's the- Philadelphia plus one twenty five, Nationals plus three hundred. No. Mets plus three fifty. Braves plus five hundred. That's insane. And then plus the Marlins 500? are plus five thousand. Yeah, but. I think it's I I'm I'm appalled. I think that. I don't, why are I don't we think, below the Nationals? Why are we below the Mets and the, the Mets? Mets we should be two. What did the Mets do this offseason? The Mets got Jed Lowry. <laughs> yeah, whatever. What did the Mets about do this offseason? They got Robinson yeah. Cano. Did the they did get year? Robinson Cano, a guy that's Robinson a great Cano. yeah a great veteran a great veteran. Yeah, yeah but he was on a team Seattle that's team. not going to do anything. He was on the Seattle team that collapsed in the in the in the stretch last year and let Oakland overtake them by eight games. At one point in the middle of August, Oakland and the Mariners were like tied, and they went. So far down, the Oakland finished eight games ahead. But right. Could you say that it's because of Robinson Cano? No, but the Mets went seventy-seven. That's just but the, the, the Mets went seventy-seven and eighty-five last year, and one player isn't going to give them fourteen wins. No, absolutely. No, this like, is I the think Braves. This is, I think this is ridiculous. This is the Braves' division to lose, in my opinion. They had a fantastic year last year again, in the flying under the radar. Uh, Acuna is going to be back and. He's ready to take off maybe for an MVP race, in my opinion. Uh, you still have Freddie Freeman, who is, thank you for alarms. No, that's what that's when I was supposed to wake up for work this morning. This episode is sponsored by Alarms. I did the, I did the, well, I told you, I was super tired this morning. And um, when I got the, the volunteer-only thing, I was like, ah, well, maybe I'll go to, go to work tonight, today. And then I, I tried to set an alarm, and it just it went wrong. Yeah, this episode is sponsored by Alarms. We've done that before. We've had to. <laughs> I think it was like episode five or six. Was, yeah, remember. it was around final season or something. Yeah, like that. it, was, you it took, was definitely during final season. You took a nap like before one of your finals. Oh, and, I woke yeah. up like twenty minutes past it. Like why? Like I was debating whether to just like email a teacher and be like, yeah, I, I don't know. I walked in there and just every eye was on me. It was like this is great. Um, yeah, Braves division to lose. Their pitching's gonna get better. Um, I, even if we don't add a Kimbrel, which I'd really like to add Kimbrel, not just for like the fans' sake, but like as a name that could come in and uh, be a great reliever. I think even without him, I'd still like. Um, I'm, I'm name forgetting. Vizcaino. Vizcaino. Thank you. I think I called him like Velasquez earlier, and that's why I was confused. Vizcaino is a, was a good closer down the stretch, but uh, it'll be it'll be up to that bullpen. If the bullpen is a lot better this year, and those young guys, like you said, have can pay off. Yeah, it'll be a good year for the Braves, and I think it'll be their division to lose. Definitely. All right. We're not even considering the Phillies. No. I just don't think that when you have that much 
that much quote-unquote star power if it even comes close to that with all those aging guys. If you can call it star power, I don't think that it all is going to add up. I think it's a lot to bank on. I actually think that this top four is completely mixed. I think that Braves won, Mets two, uh, Nationals three, and Phillies four. You just don't like Bryce Harper. <laughs> <laughs> That's my non-biased opinion. You can't look <laughs> no, at the you, you can't look at the Mets and not say they're going to be they're not going to be a better team than they were last year. I mean, Todd Frazier, that's another former Rookie of the Year. Yeah. A guy that has washed up a little bit. But you're, adding, but, <laughs> but you're adding him to a great a, a great um, pitching staff with Syndergaard and DeGrom coming off of his Cy Young. Well, until, so, until you find the Captain America to the to their Thor, they're not going to be okay. No bromance, <laughs> no no titles. Who'd they get, like, Warmonger instead? Like, that's not going to help you. No. That's Robinson Cano. And that's not going to help you. <laughs> I got them some, yeah, they got themselves a war machine. God. Uh, let's move to the NL Central because we've been really talking that up. The NL Central is going to be really tough this year. Um, oh, that, I, that's actually super close. You're going to love these odds. Okay. Uh, Cubs plus 200. Cardinals plus 225. Brewers plus 325. Mm-hmm. Reds plus 700, and Pirates plus 700. Why are the, the Reds so underrated? Why do people hate the Reds still? The Reds have done some major work. They've done work, but, I mean... Not good enough yet. Listen, I Joey Votto is undoubtedly one of, you know, one of the best first basemen of... In the league. Uh, the I mean, of all, these, of all these great first basemen in the league. Whether that adds up to, you know, a division title, who knows, but... Plus seven hundred in Vegas. Not in this division. They might just not be because of the fan base. Yeah, definitely. The problem is they had four teams in their division have more than eighty-two wins last year, and they went sixty-seven and ninety-five, and yeah. went thirty and fifty-one on the road. I think if the Reds were placed in a different division, a little bit easier competition, I think it'd be a little bit different story. But uh, this division's too tough, and those top three teams are going to be duking it out for it. You think that Yasiel Puig is going to be able to make any kind of difference on a Reds team like that? <laughs> Do uh, I think Yasiel Puig's going to make that, a difference? That question does not deserve an answer. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to like crap on you on that. I just, uh, I we're, more, we're more crapping on Yasiel Puig than anything. Yeah, I, I, don't, Deserving. I just don't like Puig either. Yeah. He's in the Bryce Harper category. I think he's more of a distraction than he is a, a winning asset. Mm-hmm. Big distraction. Uh, for me, I'd have to go to the Brewers again. I really liked him last year. I honestly thought they were going to get in over the Dodgers. I thought they were the better team, but uh, of course I'd be wrong about that. I think they'll make another run again. They'll win the division, but I really like the Cardinals too. I, if they won the division, I wouldn't be surprised as well. They'll probably be the first wildcard team in the NL. Well, like, I'm, I'm kind of on the same boat. I, I, think that, I think that the Brewers are probably my bet. Um, but I've seen so many times where the Cardinals kind of come out, out of nowhere. and I think the Cardinals are at minimum a playoff team. Um, just because I've seen them do it so many times. Even when they're not favored, I just see them do it. Their organization is just run in the way with that winning attitude. And I, I think that they're probably a smart bet. I don't know why we're discounting the Cubs like this. They're the favorite. The Cubs do have a great lineup. I mean, still keeping a great infield. Rizzo, Zobris, Baez, and Bryant. That's still arguably the best infield in the NL. It'll be interesting to see. This is definitely a make-or-break year right, for the here's, Cubs. Here's what I'll say about this, and maybe we can come back a few months from now and, and see how I do. I think the winner of the division out of between the Cubs, Cardinals, and the Brewers is going to be the team that has the best record against the Pirates. Because I think the Pi- – all right, so no, don't, don't laugh at that yet. So I think that the Pirates, they had 82 wins last year, right? 
I think that's going to be the most tough team that you just can't see making the playoffs or winning the division. And I think that the team that has the most success against that team will probably have equal success or well, they'll, they'll probably all go 500 against each other, let's be real. But I think the team that wins the most against the Reds and the Pirates is probably going to be the division winner at the end of the year. That's the a Pirates good point. do love playing upset. They yeah. do love playing upset ball. Like, if, like that, That's the type of franchise where it's not necessarily the Cardinals. They've been losing to the Cardinals for too long, but they love playing spoiler to teams like the Cardinals. Because Anybody they, in their division, yeah. they love playing spoiler exactly. to. Exactly. I think that, I don't know, that's just where I come from. I want to come back on that in a few months. Let's Yeah, let's keep tabs on that. I really like that point. Uh, definitely that division is as tough as nails and probably the toughest division in baseball. Um, and it definitely will take them beating winning all the games they can to be able to get into the playoffs and make a run. Uh, the AL Central, I, I don't even want to go over this division because it's just so shitty. Uh, excuse my language. It's it's really bad. The Indians are going to sweep that division with these. It, it's going to be like early early September when they close that division. I mean, maybe the Twins. I mean, all right, so what? why, why were the White Sox so in the Bryce Harper, Manny Machado discussions? Why was that a thing? Do they just have? I think they just have the cap space. Do they just have money to spend, or are they actually like a decent? I don't. Team I don't. Before? I didn't know. They the probably do have the money to spend. Get rid of getting rid of uh, Michael Brantley. Yeah, I mean, they got, got to look no at sale. the Indians and say they're not as good of a team as they were the last two, three years. They did get rid of some pieces that really have made a difference. Our Encarnacion being gone is going to be huge. The only guys you can look up on this lineup and say, "Wow, they're going to make a difference." Are Lindor, Ramirez, and Kipnis. Maybe Carlos Santana if he has a breakout year again. I think I think I he has about the White Sox though. Who's that? The White Sox, because they were in the discussion for uh, they were Harper and Machado, and oh, oh we okay. we were saying that it's probably because they have so much cap space. They've got Jose. Abra- They've got Abreu. Is that Abreu. I can't, Abreu. 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 Like I remember when he was a rookie, and I thought he was on steroids. But like that's that's really the the one name on here. They got John Jay as a backup outfielder. Adam Engel. Daniel Pocket. I don't. I don't really necessarily. They went. They had a hundred losses last year. I don't know if I can trust them to be anything. Yeah, the only guy you look at on this lineup and say he might do something is Moncada, but mm-hmm. still, he's not hitting out of the three or four spot and bringing in runs. Exactly. Um, I, I. Yeah, this is this one's pretty cake. The Tigers have been bad for a couple of years. The Royals are since a mess. they're since they're sweeping the World Series, they just haven't been the same team. Exactly. Um, they still got Miggy. I guess he's scary. Um, <laughs> the The Royals have been pretty bad since they made the World Series. Yep. Um, it's the Twins are Indians, and I think the Indians have a pretty hefty advantage there. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd say Indians are minus. They're the only team on the. No, that's a lie. Astros are minus two, but they got minus three fifty. Plus four hundred for the Twins, plus fourteen hundred for the White Sox, and plus thirty three hundred for both the Tigers and the Royals. That makes sense. The Royals didn't do much for themselves this offseason other no. than getting Billy Hamilton. They had their one great run that'll go down in sports history as like a Leicester City kind of run, and then they won't have this run for a long time. They they won't. Uh, hey, at least Yankees sure. or Sox. That's that's really what it comes down to. We, we, we count that, the Jays and we Royals did that out. first. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. We did um, the East. Uh, we can go, go to yeah. Let's go to the West. Um, we'll do NL. NL first. Dodgers, no question in my opinion. Yeah, I I don't think it's that tough a division anymore. Goldschmidt's out of Arizona. They're progressively getting worse. Uh, the Giants have not been the same since their 
they're World both World Series runs. Run. Twenty two or two thousand and two thousand five hundred for those two. Yeah, the Dodgers are, in my opinion, the scariest lineup in the and the MLB. Really, honestly, and when you look through these players, you look at some of them and say, like, you know, two three years ago, some of these players you've never heard of, but now these guys, it's another it's another factory where they're just pumping out these these minor league prospects to just come and just shake up, you know, the whole MLB. They Bellinger, had yeah, Bellinger, Max Muncie. Chris Taylor, Jock Peterson, Corey Seager. All these guys are guys that they raised out of nothing, and they're still buying out contracts like it's nothing. I love how your voice got higher, even it's though so like the, the top to player was like, at the bottom of that list. No, I really, uh, you really think that Corey Seager is going to be their best player again? No, no, no. I said at the bottom, so oh, okay, Cody yeah, Bellinger yeah. first. Oh, but they well, got higher. It's just, it's just, you know, it's a culture where they've really gotten to, you know, it, they feel like they're going to win. And they have enough people to really put it together. They got I mean, Freezy still, David Freezy. Freeze, yeah. Freeze. You always yeah. call him Freezy. Dude, I, I have a, I have like, I have like a name pronunciation disorder. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad, it's a bad disorder. I mean, it's horrible. Got, <laughs> it affects me on my daily, day to day basis. Still got Kike Hernandez. <laughs> yep, that's a great bench player right there. So we're not giving, we're not going to give the Rockies any kind of chance here. No, no, I think they'll be a wild card team. I think they'll um, be the second wild card. It'll be Cardinals Rockies, in my opinion. I don't. I don't. All right. So the wild card race in the NL is going to be interesting. Okay. So we've got. There's a lot of teams that are like not at the top of the division. A lot of bubble teams. Scary teams. We've got like three bubble teams in the NL East, like between the Braves, Nationals, and Phillies. And for some reason, the Mets. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't. Apparently, to Vegas. All right. So it'd be it'd be kind of fun to power rank the the wild card teams. I don't know how much time we have, but not. I mean, we're already in an hour, so we're already an hour. We probably don't need to do this. So let's. We're going to do another episode like this very, very soon. Maybe, like, probably like mid of the month of April. Once the season's, like, kind of got going, we get a little bit more understanding. So let's uh, – we'll take a month and figure out power rankings and start ranking these teams. I, That's fair. I think I'd, I'd like that, to do that'll that. That'll clear up the, the free agents that haven't been signed yet, too. Yeah. It gives us time. And, you know, a couple of games have been played. We start seeing how bad the Phillies will be. We didn't even then, mention Gio Gonzalez. We didn't. He's old. He's a thirty-three. If he can do yeah. as well as he has with the Nationals, but the past you, look, three seasons. you look at a guy like Rich Hill, like like Gio Gonzalez was on that Brewers team last year that was just awesome, and yeah. Rich Hill was in the World <clears throat> Series pitching games, and he's like he's like eighty-two years old, <laughs> like legitimately. <laughs> no, nah, he's more like forty-one. Yeah, but, um, but I mean, if he can make there. an impact, like despite not even being like a career, like I I don't even think I heard of him until like. August when he pitched against the Braves or something like that. Gio's Gio's gonna get a contract from a team that needs that fourth or fifth guy. That someone's gonna get hurt in spring training and he's gonna go step in. And yeah, be in a and they'll give him a good contract. Uh, if no one gets hurt and you know everything is smooth sailing for other teams, which it's not going to be, then he'll he'll be that fourth or fifth guy on a team that's gonna get that n- not minimum. He doesn't deserve a minimum, but definitely not one of the bigger contracts. All right, uh, I have one last question. There's an AL West we have to get to. Oh, okay. Well, that has to do with the AL West. Okay, then perfect. Um, how much money is Mike Trout going to make next year <laughs> after he misses the playoffs again with the Angels and the Astros? <laughs> nah, win? not as much as Harper. You don't think he's going to – I think he's better than Harper. Uh, he's, he's, he's better than Harper, better but than no Harper. team – unless the Phillies win this year, no team's going to offer him that kind of money. Yeah. 330 but, for 13, uh, I just don't see it. He's just not as much of a spectacle – as Harper has been, mm-hmm. you know, Harper was, you know, reigning home run derby champion, just the kind of guy that 
It's just like baseball, like enveloped in one player, just like just cussing out refs and you know all these haircuts and really just kind of giving the city it's the its brand. money's worth every game. <laughs> it's the brand. It's the brand. I was I was right. It's not about his playing ability. No, it's, it's about brand. his brand. Great Mike job. Trout great is, job wrapping that up, Jack. Yeah. Hey, my, it's like an essay when you gotta like plagiarize yourself in the in the intro in the in the conclusion. Yeah, Trout is one of the best five tool players in the MLB since you know like Ted Williams in the forties, <laughs> a Ty Cobb type player. Yeah, just yeah. all around, the all Yankee, around. The Yankees might pay him that kind of money. That's oh, the only I'm team be I can so hurts. sad if he goes to the Yankees. Which hurts. <laughs> yeah, which will hurt. Um, that's the only team I could really see him. Let's offering. bring him to Atlanta. Let's replace Enciarte with Mike Trout. I'm so uh, down for it. I don't know. Enciarte's that gold glove. No, no, no. Okay, so keep Enciarte. Replace Marcakis with Mike Trout. Put Enciarte yeah, in right field. Trout in the middle. All right, this is, getting off, yeah. this is getting off my AL. So the AL West. Yeah, so the, so the AL, AL West. Um, I don't know much about the AL West. So I feel like the Astros, Astros are just... I feel like Astros are, are still The Astros shooting. are in that division. The yeah, Astros the have Astros the best odds out of any team in baseball to win their division. They're minus 400, so you got to put 400 to win 100 on that. God. Um... So Angels are plus seven hundred, uh, as are the Athletics. Um, so one hundred to win seven hundred. If the Mariners win, it's plus two five uh, two thousand five hundred, and the Rangers are just there, <laughs> plus three plus three thousand three hundred. Um, yeah, it's the Astros to lose. Clearly, Vegas agrees. I think everyone agrees with that. I wouldn't be shocked though if uh, a team like the Oakland A's made another like small little run and. Uh, the Mariners won't. The Mariners won't do this again. I think they're they're finally done being good for the first four months and teasing their fans with a playoff run and then struggling to close it out after some, after the All Star break. I yeah. just I just miss the days of peak Felix Hernandez, King Felix. Oh, King Felix, absolutely. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. to his prime. <laughs> uh, all right. So. Uh, do y'all have anything else to add to this? Got an internship today. Hey, congratulations, man. Thanks. That's huge. You want to talk about it for a minute? Yeah, so I get to stay in Athens. I'm working for uh, United Rentals as an inside sales rep. So um, if you ever need any big equipment to rent, uh, come come talk to me. <laughs> uh, we met a pretty cool guy today during our journalism class. Uh, see, I'm already forgetting names. Cam Gaskins. Cam Gaskins, thank you. Uh, he interned with Yes Network. What is, in, what, what is the Yankees? What is, Yankees. Yankees. That's yeah. the oh cool. That's isn't it sick. like Yankees entertainments mm-hmm. in sports or something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So he talked to our class today. He was really cool. He, the girl was cool too. Uh, Shakira. Shakira. Is he, Shakira is he graduated? Yeah, he's graduated from the program. What does he do now? He works for uh, the Fox station in Macon as one of their as their weekend sports anchor. Interesting. Or not anchor, but sports reporter. He was really cool. I liked his stuff. You asked him a really good question about baseball. I know Sam's wanted to go into baseball. Uh, he told me earlier MLB Network would be the dream job, and we wish you the best of luck. And this is not going to be the last time. We're acting like this is the last time you're coming on this podcast. But... Sorry, guys. I'm going and leaving forever. Yeah, he's just the one time. this anymore. The one-off thing. No, we'll, uh, we'll definitely reconvene back in April, uh, give it a couple weeks, You know, maybe mid-April. Maybe around end of finals would be a good time to do it. We'll do our power rings. I like to keep doing that. Maybe like a monthly thing. Can I give you a little cringy tennis story before we get out of here? Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, always wrap up with a tennis story in baseball. Have you ever heard of a of, of a tennis player named Nick uh, Kyrgios? Yes. I, yeah. So hmm. he's like he's like a top fifteen player in the world. He's this super young, super tall, super jacked up tennis player, right? Hmm. He's gone through like 
a hundred coaches in the past two years. Like he can't get one Good. to stick, right? And he's he's really disrespectful. He doesn't listen to anybody. Clearly. And, and it's just his, if if he would listen to a coach, if a coach could get in his head, he would probably be a top three to player in the world. But he doesn't have that respect. And Rafael Nadal, I'm sure everybody knows that name. <laughs> he, he went on a little. He, he he was talking about him the other day. He was like he, he he was basically talking about his lack of respect, like and how he if he, if he treated like the legends of the game a little bit better, you know. He would probably be that top three, like I said. You know, it's it's a pretty wide wide opinion. <laughs> so I just get the notification on uh, my phone that says uh, he he told the media that he's not going to listen to all or listen at all to Rafael Nadal about respect. Good. And I'm just that's just I'm just upset about it. I what think, a great guy! I hope oh I get to meet God. him at my internship yeah. this summer at the Atlanta BBMC Open. Hey, that's a big thing, man. Yes, sir. What are you gonna be doing there? Just like. Uh, probably recording. a good bit of you know PR com type stuff, getting to work with the players and write some stories and network. Get, yeah, a lot of networking. That's yeah. the main plan. I'll be there all July. Hell yeah! There you Big go. Stuff. Man, I love it. I have no internships yet. Um, I actually Logan Booker. Uh, if you've heard the name, uh, he's invited me to come shadow with him. Kind of like how uh, Cam was talking about today, like shadowing. Uh, I'm gonna be shadowing with him once they just fired somebody, so he's kind of taking over the lead role. Um, and once they get that set, I'll be going by the studio. Hopefully, can you know learn a couple things from him. Uh, but I am doing summer classes as well to kind of catch back up. So I will be doing that as well. Uh, the one thing I did forget, uh, we were gonna do World Series predictions because we just forgot about Braves. That. For real? God, I hope so. <laughs> I don't want to believe anything else. I don't want to believe any. I, I like I said. I really. All right. So here's my ideal Braves win the World Series situation. Right. So. The Phillies play the Dodgers in the first round. They're Phillies is obviously Phillies is the as the wild card because the Braves have already won the division, right? So <clears throat> ideally, we're the two seed. Dodgers are one, and the Phillies win the wild card. The Phillies go ahead and knock out the the Dodgers so that we don't have to worry about that curse anymore. <laughs> then we play the winner of the Central, Central which is probably going to be the Cardinals. In my in my hopeful scenario here. Right now, stick with me. This is a lot of hypotheticals. So we get our revenge for Chipper Jones' last game in the MLB when there was that egregious and mo- worst call and blasphemous call ever. To quote There's Stephen, so a. Many words "There's so many words. There's so many words. I could go on for that call. for a while." But we get our revenge. Acuna makes his way as a star. Fre- Freddie Freeman is obviously the star of the show. Um, so we beat the Cardinals and we meet the Phillies to make it to the World Series. And of course, we all hate Bryce Harper, so SunTrust is packed, we're rocking, and we sweep the Phillies, right? So then we get and we play Boston. It has to be Boston here, because I really want some sort of revenge for for Falcons Patriots, and I think that that would just be so storybook, and it would be the best thing ever. That's my prediction. And it would Braves bring yet another Sox. championship into Atlanta to possibly be lost. Exactly. No, so so anyway, I don't Braves like that. Go, it's already setting up to that. Braves go thirteen and zero in the postseason. I don't know what it would actually be, but we sweep. We sweep the it, divisional. We sweep the the you know, the eleven championship. Eleven and zero. Yeah. We're, we're going undefeated in the in the postseason and winning <laughs> winning at home in Atlanta against the Red Sox as a big middle finger to Boston. Yeah, that's definitely not a fever dream. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a lot of hypotheticals there. Do you have any 
No alternative. No alternative. Okay. I do have I do have a prediction that the Braves are going to be able to go deep into the postseason if and only if their bullpen improves. If okay. their minor leaguers can step up, they got a chance. You want to know what the Braves' odds are on Vegas uh, to actually win the NL? Probably about as good as they were last year. We're like eighth. The, all right, so the Phillies, Dodgers, Cubs, teams. Brewers, Cardinals, Nationals, and Mets. That's middle of the back. I don't know why That's, we're behind the Mets. That is eighth. I don't either. But we are plus 1,100. I want to make a bet on that now. You, everybody, <laughs> think, everybody thinks it's a fluke. Everybody thinks we were a fluke last year. But like when we lost last year, I thought a lot of the like commentators were saying, like, this Braves team's good. Watch out for them next year. And then all of a sudden we're like a month away from the season and they're like, nah. They're like, they're, you know what? We don't care that you side Donaldson anymore. Y'all are going to suck. <laughs> when you yeah. win 90 games in a season, people are going to hate. Yep. 90 wins out of nowhere. Yep. All right, I can keep this On going the for a while. I'm going to stop talking now. So. Sam, do you have any uh, any prediction for the boys? It's been World fun. Series, yes, sir. Uh, I think yeah, I think the Braves is honestly a reasonable pick this year, going out of my love for them. But if I'm being absolutely real with myself here and looking at all the teams in the MLB, I think the best pick for the World Series is probably going to be the Dodgers. Again, I think the Dodgers come back this year with an even stronger lineup, with even more of a vendetta, and I think they're going to come into this thing with that huge lineup. And, you know, take it all. I disagree with that. I, I see where you're coming from, though, with it, because their lineup is insane. And even though they lose Machado, I don't think it was a huge loss for them because they get back Corey Seager. Um, they – it's for that reason of the vendetta. I think their will to win has gone away. I think it went away when they lost to the Red Sox. The Red Sox took every will they had to win with that roster and just took it right out of them. I could be wrong, and they could make this strong September push, and maybe in September I'm saying, yeah, the Dodgers are going to make it because they're having this great September push, and they always know how to win in the postseason. Uh, but it, right now, the way it's looking, I just don't like their chances. You know, Two straight years of them losing, they lose so bad in uh, game six and seven in um, 2017, and then last year get absolutely humiliated by Boston. I... I just don't like their chances. I think the Braves are a really reasonable pick. Uh, if I had to pick a team out of just you know little knowledge of the Braves, I would probably say the Brewers have a really good chance. I really like their chance. For the same reason you said with the Dodgers, their vendetta is huge because I thought they were the better team than uh, L.A. and uh, just couldn't close it out near the end. I think they'll make a huge run towards the World Series. Now on the AL side, uh, again, I'm with the Yankees this year. I think the Yankees are... Uh, going to be really, really strong. They're they're coming back with a lot of players. Aaron Judge, Juan Carlo have a year under their belts where it's not so much the, oh, we just signed Juan Carlo, this huge deal. It's more just, okay, we're just here to play now. I think they'll be really good coming out. Their rotation's strong, as we mentioned. Um, a lot of good stuff coming from that Yankees side. Any AL prediction? Um, I feel that the Yankees are a good pick. The Red Sox probably aren't going to be that 118 that they were last year. No. But the Yankees coming back. With those rookies, man, the Torres and uh, and Duhar being in the top three alone for rookie of the year last year with experience this year, that's scary. On top of you know Giancarlo coming in, just you know if he could be a little bit more physical and maybe not have to be uh, slipped into that DH spot trying to put on some weight and hit the ball out every at bat, maybe they'll be you know even more of a fine tool team than they were last year. Sure. All right. Well, Sam, I appreciate you coming on, my man. We're definitely going to do this a lot more, so uh, you're more than welcome to come on anytime. Um, definitely for baseball. If you want to come on for basketball or football, anything like that, just let me know. You're Absolutely. always welcome on the show. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. This has been episode number 10. 
I believe. I could be wrong. It could be nine or ten. Uh, again, it's been a little bit since I've done one of these, so uh, forgive my rustiness on this. But I'm trying to get more episodes out. A little life update on me. I just quit two jobs. Um, wasn't, you know, wasn't because I wanted to. I really quit one of them because I was doing something else in the same field. And the other one was just, uh, it was really tough getting up at 9 a.m. in the morning every single morning uh but i you know i finish up that job tomorrow i love those co-workers i love the people there i just had to think about my school first so uh yeah that's a life update on me i'm gonna have a lot more time to be doing the podcast and work on that uh, hopefully be getting another solo episode i think that's the next one i'm gonna do is a solo episode i kind of want to talk about the lakers struggles um definitely talk about Bryce Harper a little bit more my official thoughts once this all the dust settles on this and just a couple other things so be on the lookout for that again Monty Rice episode coming up in mid-March uh with Alex Merritt that's gonna be a fun one I'm really really excited for that one um and then hopefully we can bring a couple other football players on my ultimate goal is to get from <laughs> like that's that's the one goal I had I really wanted to get Holyfield because you see he'd be a fun one to do but he's already gone and then I actually met Jonathan Ledbetter uh, a couple weeks good guy that means no, it wasn't Ledbetter. It was uh no, I met Ledbetter, but the guy I was thinking of was uh DeAndre. Uh I opened which one, Walker or Baker? Walker. Walker. Uh, okay. I opened up the door, I was delivering cookies. I opened up the door and just this massive like it looked like he was like six foot seven man. I was like, oh, hey, what's <laughs> up? Here's your cookies. How's it going, big fella? Yeah. I, I was so like because every football player I've seen I've kind of asked like hey do you want to come on the podcast and you know see who was really interested and Monty was like the most interested of all of them he was like really down to do it um, but I was like nah he's already left UGA I can't do it um, but yeah so Monty Rice episode coming up solo episode coming up this has been fun I'm ready to do this one again in like a month and a half good stuff yes sir all right thanks guys again for listening this is CDS episode number whatever uh, we will see you very soon. Peace.